Our cricket chat for Henley, new seven-star house designs with dropped prices. So more on Glenn Maxwell as we go, but the fresh news is provided by Pete Lawler with Meg Lanning announcing her international retirement. Pete, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Jared? Sorry, my phone's ringing. Yes, it would be. <laughs> drop a story yeah, like well, that and it would be ringing. Ringing all morning about this. Um, a, a big news, Meg Glanning. Huge figure in Australian women's cricket, perhaps our most successful female cricketer. Seven World Cups, Jared. She's been captain since she was two thousand since 2014 when she was a young girl. And she's just run out of petrol. And I think we've sus- suspected this for some time. Meg's had a couple of extended breaks from the game. And my reading on it is she just she's looked ahead. There's a tour of India coming up. There's a test match. There's uh, ODIs and T20s. She doesn't have it in her to go. So um, that's the end of a fantastic career. And sh- I think she'll be making, uh, she'll be confirming that in a public announcement in the next half hour or so or hour. Down Ten, there 10.30 it's come down as a, at the MCG, I think. So um, it, she'd taken the two periods of personal leave, hadn't she? So post the Commonwealth Games, that, that was sort of the hint that maybe, and having been captain since she was 21, that, that maybe this was mm. getting to the end. Yeah, it is. It is, and I don't. I don't think she's played for Australia since the World Cup. Since they won the World Cup, Jared, she has been playing in the WBBL. Uh, it's interesting that that she's going on in domestic cricket and not international cricket. So she's not tired of that. But it kind of Meg Glanning's never been a sort of spotlight person, has she? She's been the most unassuming of leaders. I mean, an incredibly reliable cricketer in a sort of hundred odd. Um, T20 matches, 100 ODI matches, um, scored some fantastic centuries for her country. But you've always got the feeling she, she's not very fond of the limelight. She's never very fond of the centre stage. I think she'd be happy just to go back and play her cricket off-Broadway, um, not have that sort of intensity on her. That's a reflection of her character. A little bit of a sort of that Alan Border, Steve Waugh style of leadership about Meg. There's nothing flashy, is there? No, no, that's absolutely true. So her story arc, and I reckon James in Morty Alec hits on this. We've known her since she was a school kid. My favourite Megsy story, James writes, is she played for the first 11 at Carey College at the age of 14. She is a superstar. So we followed Mm. that. A teenager playing for Australia rapidly becomes the world's best captain at 21. And then there's this phenomenal period of success, unrivaled really, um, as Australia forges ahead with the professionalism of the game and it all happens on her watch and they they win T20 World Cups, they win the Commonwealth Games gold medal, they win the 50 over World Cup. So she does what is the grand slam of women's cricket. Jared, um, an incredibly successful period in Australian women's cricket. Under Meg Lanning, I mean, they had an 80% success rate. They won 80% of their matches. That's a phenomenal figure, absolutely phenomenal figure. And, and, and you know, they were uh, – the thing I've liked about the Australian women's team is they they set the standard and others have risen to that standard, but they're still not good enough to knock them off just yet. You know, they are uh, – and, and Lanning has embodied that. She's just such a pro. She just gets on with it, gets on with um, a beautiful batter to watch. I've always enjoyed watching her bat. And you always felt calm when Meg Lanning was out at the wicket for Australia. You know, she just looked like she was in control of everything that she did. And she's in control of her life now, and that's so uh, she's stepping down. 
they're three icons really of the period, aren't they? And mm. and as it moved, they were joined by others. But the three icons were Meg Lanning as captain, Elisa Healy, and Elise Perry. Um, mm. So they they personified their team and really the sport, and they forged its popularity. This is this team won our affection, our admiration, and then they won their place for a long period of time. They were the best Australian team, any code, either gender. Yeah, yeah. You probably wouldn't class them as a pioneering team. I think that's probably happened before them. But but they have set a standard. They've set an agenda. And and aside like that, you, you know yourself growing up, you know, perhaps watching that Steve Waugh era when, when, when the Australians were so successful, Ricky Ponting, uh, they capture the imagination of young people. They were the perfect, perfect team for this moment in women's cricket because you know this 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 stage of evolution in women's cricket. Um, this this side that Meg Lanning that Meg Lanning led. You know they were they were great role models and and as you say, you know that probably Perry and Healy brought a little bit more show business than Meg did to the team, but uh, they all complemented each other. They're all great cricketers. Um, I suppose there's now a bit of attention on how Heels' finger is going ahead of India and whether she'll be right to because uh, they might have to look somewhere else for a captain. Do you think so? For whatever Healy has left in her career, do you, she she has been captain in any way? Um, but once it's the permanent role, do you think it will be handed to her? I would assume so. I yeah. hadn't even considered that they do anything else, Jared. Do, had you? No, no. I think that's no. so natural, and it gives them that that bridging period. I don't know how much longer Healy means to continue on, but say it's three years. That's sort of the perfect amount of time now, then to choose the captain from the next generation. That's right, and the next generation starting to come through as yeah. we speak, isn't it? Yep. So Meg Lanning retiring from international cricket. We'll share that with you as the morning unfold. Pete broke that story, and so that's the layers to it. Are our eyes still spinning? Are we still marvelling that the – so Maxwell Miracle in Mumbai, best you'll ever see. I watched the whole innings last night after the kids went to bed. Wow, just wow. It was a pleasure to watch it back. That's Joel. It's sort of been ticking through. There was that progressive awakening. Those who are fortunate enough to see it live and then all the way through yesterday as it was run as almost wallpaper on Fox Cricket, there was the chance to tap in and just understand what everybody was talking about. That was like the whole of Australia was in a bit of a daze yesterday. I think, well, particularly those of us who stayed up and watched it, were pinching ourselves. Did we really see that? Yeah. I mean, he just snuck up on you. You were talking about, you know, where does it sit in the sort of pantheon of great innings, and I, I don't feel sort of equipped to judge that. But the innings that I go to instantly is Dean Jones, isn't it? Yeah. It's Madras. It's the cramping. It's the you know you've never seen a bloke in more pain and discomfort at the crease. They both score double hundreds, but I, I will argue that this one's a hell of a more influential and important um, innings. This has been an incredible World Cup, Jared, and this this innings is one of the cherries on it. But um, I reckon with, there's a lot of debate at the start of this World Cup and a lot of talk that, you know, this might be the end of it. We're at the end of the road of one-day internationals. Throw them out. We're not going to play them anymore, and we will play a lot fewer of them. But we've seen the game evolve in front of our eyes in this World Cup. I think we have seen T20 skills. Um, they've been introducing themselves slowly into the game, but they have announced themselves, and particularly in the batting, 
of a guy like Maxwell. He comes in, he's already made that 40-ball century coming in, what, the 39th over. Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But now, well, is he betting yeah, an eighth-wicket partnership of whatever it was, a couple of hundred, all those runs that far down? I mean, nobody, nobody, only openers have made double centuries. You cannot make a double century from where Glenn Maxwell was, nor can you make one in the style of it. And just the fact that it's, it's the sort of crowning achievement of Glenn yep. Maxwell's career. It, we've always known he's this eccentric genius, but too often it's just been eccentric, hasn't it? You know, <laughs> yes. I mean, I even remember Steve Smith at some stage saying, you know, maybe just a bit less funky, mate, you know. And he's been on the nose a number of times because he rose his own boat. He's a very – he's an unusual cat, Glenn. You know, he, he's high maintenance, um, but – to pull this off and to pull it off in those circumstances, absolutely outstanding. I'm so happy for him. And I, and I wrote in the paper today, it was only in March this year that um, we were having a beer um, just at the end of the um, test series in India. And he showed me the damage that had been done to his leg. And he told a room full of people the story of that incident that wasn't that much that long ago. There was a Stephen King horror show what happened to him, and his recovery from that has been extraordinary. So combine that with the heat and uh, what an effort. But don't you reckon, Ted, um, there's something about batters in those uh, or sports people in those extreme situations where they're injured. They just have clear focus. I mean, his focus was so clear, he wasn't even moving his feet, for God's sake. Yep. Um, you know, uh, He could think about nothing else but, you know, I'm just going to have a crack here. And how often do we see that? How often we see someone, you know, on one leg or with one arm um, in great pain, doing things that they shouldn't normally do, playing the best innings of their life. I'm, I'm sure the sports, sports psychologists are across this, but there's got to be a reason for it. Do you think, so it felt like this is the innings he was always destined to play and you had the chaotic cartoon strip life that he's led within cricket that would provide this moment it's it's not at the end but it is late in the day and then mm. i like that eccentric genius but just too often eccentric without the genius all the genius was there for us yesterday oh it certainly was what he's 35 years old and you know i was saying earlier it, it has not been an easy journey for a for a glenn maxwell eccentric people you know he doesn't quite fit the system you know there, there was that terrible period remember what was it about 2016, Jed, when um, he he made that bumbled approach to move. He was so unhappy at Victoria, he tried to move to New South Wales. And then one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in sport where he was batting at six and was asked why he was batting at six. And he said, well, the captain chooses the batting order. Matthew Wade bats ahead of me. He said that in the Shield situation. And uh, when he joined his Australian teammates, they wrapped him over the knuckles and put him in the naughty corner. I think they fined him for saying that and made him apologise to Matthew Wade. I don't know what was going on there. But I suppose my point around this is I even remember Rod Marsh, the chief selector at the time, saying he's played ten his last 10 matches, he's averaged 10. And even Darren Lehman being equally dismissive, and they were right to be so because he was battling in those periods. But to be in and out of the of a, the one-day side at times, but to be around the test side but never really get a chance and never really get your opportunity against the red ball because you're a white ball specialist, it's a difficult career, but he's done it very well. So he will be the great unanswered question of this generation of Australian cricket. Now, so I'm a sympathiser, always have been, and people will know that. 
But if Australia had had more faith, if it had had more imagination, if it had had a greater belief, and if it had shown him that they believed rather than those constant moments of doubt, what might he have been? So people always say, we'll do it when it matters. And they've ignored all the moments when he did it when it mattered. And when they did entrust him to test cricket in India and he made a century in difficult circumstances and it was consequential to Australia's saving of a test match. Um, he j- it, it, And will always be, those who didn't pick him will always have very sound grounds. And yes, mm. he was his own worst enemy. But if the, the unanswerable question of our generation is, if we had had the imagination and they'd put their arms around him, what might he have been? Mm. Well, yeah, I suppose they're going to say, well, <laughs> we were waiting until he turned 35 before this happened. You know, it has been, you know, not that there haven't been glimpses of his genius before, if not yeah, major statements of it. You know what, uh, just another, just a thing about the bloke at the other end, Jared. Yep. I was on a building site in Melbourne last week having a chat to some of your listeners and uh, a lawyer came on site um, and uh, he said, I hate the Australian cricket team. I said, oh, that's interesting. I said, they're a pretty likeable group of people. And he said, and that Pat Cummins, arrogant B, he said. What gives you that impression? I just look at him. Look at the way he carries on. I said, it's interesting you have that perception and that, that you would speak negatively of arrogance given you given the way you're speaking to me at the moment. But um the humility of him of Cummins up the other end, just to sit there and just to anchor that role. And has anyone made fewer runs in a partnership? And in the previous game too, you'll notice that the comment uh, walking off the ground, all of the collective commentators, and it was Atherton and Ponting and a few of the others, were saying how well Pat Cummins has, has started to captain yep. in this World Cup. He's making the right choices. He's a very inexperienced one-day captain. But um, well done, Pat. I, I, I liked that support role there. It, yeah. was so, it was just what I'd expect from a humble bloke like you. Swaino texture. I caught up with Maxwell's innings last night. It was like a movie script. Unbelievable. Absolutely insane. What an innings. I watched the last over about 10 times in a row. What a moment. The last four balls is... It, Go back and watch those. you never see that sequence again. Um, Pete, I want to ask you about, in a moment, the, the spirit of cricket and the laws of the game. What do you know? Oh, they no. intersected for us rather nastily again today. Meg Lanning announcing her retirement from international cricket, Australia's long-term women's captain, a period of phenomenal success. She's drawing it to a close today. Waitley on SEN. I haven't done anything wrong. Uh, I have two minutes to get to the crease and get myself ready, which I did. And then it was an equipment malfunction. And I don't know where the common sense went, uh, because obviously it's obviously disgraceful from uh, Shakib and Bangladesh if they want to play cricket like that. Obviously stooped down to that level, I think there's something wrong um, drastically. So it was just pure common sense. I'm not talking about um, uh, mancading or obstructing the field here. This is just pure common sense and bringing the game into, you know, disrepute. It's absolutely um, disgraceful. Angelo Matthews didn't mince his words after a spiteful night between Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. First man in international ODI cricket to be timed out. One of those moments that makes cricket unique. The laws are explicit. The spirit contradicts that. And where's common sense? 
play a role. Pete, how'd you take this in? <laughs> I feel like I've been caught up in one of those sort of uh, moral thought experiments that Peter Singer does or yep. something, you know, that suddenly he's convinced me that eating whales the same as eating a cow. Um, yeah, you watched it and you went, oh, that that doesn't look good, does it? And he went, oh, hang on a minute, I'm Australian. <laughs> rules are rules, you're out, mate, bugger off. <laughs> um, and in 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 that spirit, uh, the more I've, the more I've uh, learned of the incident and watched it, um, the less sympathy I have for Angelo Matthews. He he took a long time to get to the middle. He was not unaware. The umpires told him that he he's, that he better face up. His time was up. Then the strap broke. So it was already two minutes. Um, and uh, what did he do? He didn't look to the umpires. It was the kind of that dopey arrogance, you know, very similar to Bairstow's. Um, uh Shikini Belhassan is not a great bloke. <laughs> it was not a great look. But, you know, Angela, stay in the game, mate. Stay in the game. I'm pleased to see uh, uh, people moving the game on a little bit. Well, it's too much time wasting. Do you think the... Is that a good rationalisation, Derek? Yeah, yeah. It's, it it all depends. Uh, and, and then there's the... So what, what do we expect the umpires to do? Like the umpires are there to enforce the laws of the game. Now, had there's no leeway for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if, if it's out, it's out. They yep. haven't got it. Oh, oh, really, mate? You know, if you appeal and it's out, they've got to give you out. Yeah. yeah. Cr- cricket yeah. does tie itself in knots with these things, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure does. I mean, um, I mean, uh, Sh- Shakib's gone now, hasn't he? He's announced he's injured and he's left the World Cup. A very controversial character. That one. I've seen that meme going around of him. Throwing all the stumps on the ground in a T uh, Twenty match in the past, but yeah, I'm sorry, it just was dopey from Angelo Matthews. He just it broke. He didn't look to the umpires. He didn't pay any respect to the officials, and he didn't pay any respect to the rules of the game. Yep. And he was completely aware of it. I'm sorry, Angelo. It's very hard to have any sympathy for you in that situation. All right. Uh, 0433981116 to have your say. Uh, Pete, just as I'll let you be because you're in high demand this morning, when we talk next, will Australia be in the World Cup final or will they have fallen in the semi? What do you reckon? Oh, mate, you know, student of history. We've got South Africa, Jed. It's walk in the park. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> it's just what no, unusual method those... would happen. Yeah. Anything could happen at a semi-final, but this has been a fantastic World Cup. I've loved it so much. It's a great tournament. Terrific, Pete. Thanks for your time. Cheers, Jed. Pete Lawler broke the story this morning that Meg Lanning is retiring from international cricket. That will happen in the next hour. We will share that with you as we go. Our cricket chat, Henley's new home designs with dropped prices all the luxuries and now seven star energy efficiency. One three hundred seven three six seven three six and the forty winks temper text. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Temper a mattress like no other.